This is Annie Grace, and you're listening to this Naked Mind podcast, where without judgment, pain, or rules, we explore the role of alcohol in our lives and culture. This is Annie Grace, and I'm actually here with Dr. Addie Jaffrey from the Alternative Speakers Health Clinic in LA. And we had this great opportunity. I'm at the Harm Reduction Conference where I spoke yesterday on the label of alcoholic, and we have this great opportunity to kind of meet up. And as you know, I answer questions, answer readers' questions. So today I have one from Nash, and it's one that I've been thinking about for a few weeks actually, because it was one that I wasn't able to find a ton of research online and having this opportunity to have Dr. Jaffe here and his expertise just brings so much to the table. So I'm really excited to be able to bring his expertise to this answer. So the question from Nash is about recovery time. So he says, I feel a lot better being two and a half months removed from alcohol. Some days it's still hard to get out of bed, however, and I wonder when I'm gonna feel even better than that. And when I look for answers online, I get different recovery sources which don't actually answer my question. My question is, how long does it take to get your energy back, to start feeling restoration of like your organs and your symptoms, and start to feel the psychological changes and benefits? I'm eager to be at full capacity, physically and emotionally, and I expect that there's still going to be some time of rebuilding effort, but I'd really like to know what I can expect in terms of time. So I think it's a great question, and, and just briefly, I'll answer based on kind of my own experience. I'm wondering if, I know we're live, but I'm wondering if we can try to, it's okay if I move this while you start talk, telling your story? Yeah, sure. I think we're sideways on them. Oh yeah, I don't think that, I, we're not, or did someone. No? Yeah. Because it's, it's showing up this way. Oh, I see what you mean. <laughs> okay, you talk and I'll adjust this. Okay, so my experience was I'd say it was probably six months before I really started feeling, you know, significantly, significantly better. I think it, it, there you go. There you go. I think that my, um, my sleep, that was a big one. I think that I had a lot of sleep interruptions and just kind of anxiety for the first few months. And I think it took a while and I didn't have a lot of medical evidence on this, but just it was the emotional bit too of just kind of, I know that when you're addicted to something, you, you've numbed your pleasure centers in a way. You've numbed your ability to feel pleasure and somehow alcohol is one of the only things that makes you feel great. And so when you let alcohol go, taking time for your brain to kind of stabilize was a big deal. So I'd say it was you know four to six months when I really started feeling like, wow, this is, this is good, this is me. So that's kind of my experience. But like I said, I don't feel like I have all the expertise, so I have Dr. Jaffe here, who I'd love to hear from. So thank you, and um, you hit on a really important point, which is to some extent more the psychological recovery, right? So once you let alcohol go and you've been relying on it for an extended period of time to really help make you feel better in the face of challenges or stress or whatever that is, now you, you are sort of disarmed in some way. You don't have that shield and the same stressors, maybe even more stressors, right? Because you've quit. And so the reality of some of the things that have been happening around is becoming you know, more kind of front and center uh, realistic for you. But there's also another element and that is literally the chemical, the psychopharmacological action of alcohol. And so I think this is really useful for people to understand because I think once you understand this piece of it, 
you recognize why it's going to take a little while for this to happen on the order of months. So I would say at least four to six months. Some people, you know, it really takes up to a year to feel like themselves. And so alcohol works, it's what we call a dirty drug. And when I say dirty drug, I mean it acts on a lot of different neurotransmitters. And in many indirect pathways, it probably touches every single type of neurotransmitter you have. But one of its primary actions is on a system called GABA. Um, GABA is essentially the most common neurotransmitter in your brain. It's an inhibitory neurotransmitter. What that means is it's like a break on your brain. It reduces brain activity rather than uh, increasing brain activity or exacerbating it or uh, accentuating it. And really, most of your brain's job is to not let things out. Your brain is constantly producing signals, and the primary job of the brain is to make sure that most of them stay in-house. Alcohol makes that easier. So when you wonder why alcohol helps your anxiety and stress, anxiety and stress translate as activity in certain areas of the brain, like the amygdala um, and you know, in areas of that nature. And so when you suppress overall brain activity, you're also suppressing activity in the amygdala and other anxiety-related um, brain areas. And so what ends up happening is you get less anxiety because those areas are shutting down. Now, when you do that on a one event kind of basis, you go out at night with your friends and you have a little social anxiety and you drink, it does that, you get a little bit of tolerance, not that big a deal, next day you wake up, you feel relatively normal, maybe a little headache, um, you know, nothing, nothing major. Nash seemed like he was talking about years of drinking and you know, when people say, we've talked about this before, people say several glasses of wine, we know they're not talking about two, so I'm gonna round up to about a bottle, right? Because if you give yourself nice pours, and, uh, and you've got about three of those a night, you're dealing really with a bottle, maybe more, of wine. And so when you do that, what happens to your brain is it gets used to the break being applied by an external source. Um, it is having some other force pushing the break and suppressing brain activity. Your brain is adaptive, and one of the ways that it likes to adapt is to get back to this homeostasis, this sort of initial level that it is comfortable with. We all have different homeostasis, uh, homeostatic kind of uh, natural baselines, your brain will do the same. And that's why you experience tolerance is as the brake gets applied by alcohol, your brain says, wait, I don't have to push as hard on the brake. And it lifts the leg off the brake or actually revs up the engine. And then that's when you feel like, well, you know what? I need a little more wine. So you put a little bit more wine behind it. And then the brake keeps fighting you back and forth and you go back and forth. And what you end up with is alcohol pushing the brain to reduce activity and the brain not really applying any of its own brake. And the way your brain does that is through a whole set of mechanisms. So one, it starts producing less GABA because it says, you know, this thing that's coming in is making our GABA work harder than it typically would. I'm just gonna stay back. But the other way is actually by internalizing GABA receptors. So once that doesn't work, your brain might say, you know, I've got too many GABA receptors around. And it can literally internalize, like if this is the outside of the cell and this is where the GABA receptor would sit, it can literally internalize it and make it sit inside the cell so it's no longer available outside. By the way, if that happens for long enough, the body will reuse that protein and will get rid of the receptors. So you've now lost some of those receptors for a while. When you stop drinking, it is almost literally like removing the brake on an 18-wheeler that's just going free. So the reason you experience the anxiety, the reason people have seizures, seizures are a manifestation of hyperactive uh, cortices, so your brain is working too hard and you can end up with a seizure. The shaking, the sweating, all that stuff is a symptom of your brain being so hyperactive because the brake has been taken off and it hasn't applied its own brake in a while. And so 
what you're experiencing, what a lot of people probably who stop drinking after a long period of time, is your brain starting to gradually learn that it has to apply its own brake. The catch-22 is, if you fall back into the drinking, your brain goes, oh, okay, wait, the alcohol came back, we're okay. And so it's this terrible place you end up sitting in where you're experiencing heightened anxiety and the more you let your brain sort itself out and figure out its own mechanisms to rein that anxiety back in, the easier of a time you'll have long-term and the less time it'll take overall. Um, but that's a really, really difficult task. So a lot of people have a hard time with that. Um, what you'll end up finding is, and I really try to get clients to pay attention to the incremental improvements. We wanna go back to our initial state, even if we don't remember what that's like, mm -hmm. we wanna go back to this place of when I felt normal. For a lot of people, it's been years since that's been true. And so I really urge people to say, well, look, if you can keep a diary or, or keep something that on a scale of one to 10, rate your level of anxiety in the morning and the evening um, as you kind of go through your life, you will notice that it fluctuates, but it sort of starts trending back down and you start feeling better. Are you feeling perfect? Probably not, but as we pointed out, probably right around the six month mark, all the way up to a year, is when you're gonna really start hitting the mark of feeling normal, but you will absolutely get incremental improvements starting from a few weeks out. It's gonna take you a few weeks, like up to four weeks before you really even start feeling like it's getting better. Um, but once that gets going, you should be able to experiment and experience um, incremental improvements. So especially, just a follow-up question, when the neurotransmitter actually takes its receptors back. Does that heal over time? Do so, the receptors come back when they so need to? Sometimes they come back because they're still around. Sometimes your body manufactures a new one. Okay. Um, you know, the process of neuroplasticity is incredible. Um, our brains are so good at adapting. The good news is alcohol typically does not kill brain cells. Um, there are two disorders, uh, Wernicke's uh, and Korsakoff syndromes that are disorders in which long-term alcoholism, we're talking like 10, 12, 15 years, at heavy, heavy duty consumption, this is that fifth a day, can starve the brain of energy to the point where it will actually kill neurons. But most drinkers that we talk to are not at those levels of drinking, so Wernicke's uh, symptoms and syndromes are not really part of the, the amalgamation of what's happening for those clients. So if you're not in that box, you haven't experienced brain loss, there's no been, it's not been cell loss, they're not dead, but it's going to take a while before your brain learns how to use those again. That's really interesting. So I guess the big message is, I mean, that was fascinating, so thank you so much. Sure. But celebrating, celebrating incremental improvements, keeping track of them, remembering that you're on the right path, and also remembering that going back to relying on alcohol is gonna be like applying that external break and, and you're gonna kind of backtrack some of your progress. So some of it is about just having faith that your brain will do what it's supposed to do. And I love the term neuroplasticity, the fact that our brains can adapt and change and heal and that we can come out the other side of this just so strong. And it is about, you know, you didn't need alcohol before you drank it and, and you were at peace and you were happy and you can absolutely be there again. So thank you so much, Nash, for the question. Thank you so much, Dr. Jaffe, for coming on and, and helping me with, with a very difficult question, but really worthwhile. So, all right, thanks everyone. Thanks a lot. 
This has been Annie Grace with This Naked Mind Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can learn more at thisnakedmind.com. And please remember to rate, review, and subscribe as it really helps us spread the word. Thank you.